to church. We're going to teach you all a new song. So as we sing now, why don't you join us in worshiping together this morning.
inviting each and every single one of us to do this morning just to come to him just to come and praise him just come and worship him freely not by anything that we've done just come as we are our brokenness whatever we're battling he invites us he doesn't say we got to clean ourselves up before we come to him and so just come to him as we are let's just praise him let's just invite him to speak to us this morning Jesus died for me. 
this morning, wherever you're at. Cause no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Father, we thank you so much for that promise. We thank you, God, for who you are in our lives. God, I pray that we can clearly focus on who you are and not just what we're coming to you about that we want. Father, I thank you so much that we have opportunity here to experience your presence. God, you're here with us right now. We don't know how you do that, God, but we don't need to understand you. We just bow before you and accept you and praise you. For the king of the universe and the one that loves us so much. And so, God, I just pray that during this time that we have together, that we're focusing in on you, that our hearts will be open and receptive, that, God, we will push away all of the distractions that might get in the way and truly hear your voice in our hearts. And so, God, thank you once again for that reckless love, the love that we don't have to earn, nothing that we can do will make it go away or make you love us more you just love us so much no matter what and so we praise you we lift you up and we give you all the glory for everything that happens father i pray that you'll be with buddy today that you'll speak through his words that hearts will be receptive to your word god and that we'll be obedient to the call that you've placed on our life thank you father in jesus name we pray amen Thank you. You can be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. All right. The first thing we want to do is honor any graduates that we've had. Is there anyone here that's graduated from high school, college? All right. Come on up here. Will you? Are you willing to come up? Yeah. Come on up. Okay. Two guys. Anybody else? College. All right. This is great. Oh, look. Listen what we have for you. <laughs> Anybody else? Uh, master's degree, anything from high school on up? Hi there. Oh, well, there you go, Mary. Come on up. We've got a nifty gift for you, don't we, Jody? It will. <laughs> on those sad days, a little candy always helps and a cup that says, wow, I stood on a stage at Salem Fields and I got honored because of all this accomplishment that I did. All right, so if you guys could give me your name and where you graduated from. Uh, ben Corner, Orange County High School. All right. And what are your plans now, Ben? Uh, to go to JMU. Whoa, JMU, my alma mater. That's awesome. And uh, are you excited? Yeah. <laughs> Good. All right. Way to go, man. So what do you plan to major in? Do you know? Engineering. My name is, my name is Brian Carroll, and I graduated from Massaponics High School. That's a big accomplishment in itself, isn't it? Graduating from Massaponics High School. <laughs> and uh, what are your plans, Brian? I plan on going to Germana and get my associate's in computer science and then transferring to um, UVA and get my bachelor's in computer science. Yeah, that's great. 
I personally think Germana is a great choice, and so I really admire you for that. All right, and uh, anything. You'll be thankful with this new load. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Smart guy. All right, way to go, Brian. I'm Madison Bailey, and I graduated from Riverbend High School. And what are your plans, Madison? Um, I'm actually going to JMU, too. So. <laughs> no, I don't. You don't shake hands. <laughs> You're going to the same school. <laughs> I'm a little partial to Harrisonburg and JMU. And uh, what do you, do you know what you want to major in? I'm majoring in psychology. Well, you're going to read our minds, aren't you? Name's Austin Rodriguez. I graduated from Riverbend High School. <laughs> I'm gonna be going to Longwood University in the fall, and I'm an undecided major. All right. Well, that's gonna come in handy for you at Longwood. All right, way to go. Oh, my goodness. Was that a reference to drinking? Oh, oh no, no. Well, yeah, drinking Coke, drinking... Oh, awkward. Hi, Mary. Hi. Mary Zakiyoshitu, graduated with a master's in mental health counseling. So this is not my first degree, but I'm grateful. And I'll continue working. Um, I just finished my internship. So moving on, continue working in the field. Here's what I know. Mary is from Abuja uh, or around Abuja, Nigeria. And here's what I know about Nigerians. They have multiple, multiple, multiple degrees. What are some other degrees you have, Mary? I have a bachelor's in statistics, a master's in industrial organizational psychology, and I have a PhD in psychology. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> and this is Mary. She was on our board for quite a while, and uh, we're just so thankful to you, Mary, and all that you've contributed to Salem Fields. And how about all of these graduates? Give them a hand. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you, guys. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Interesting, exciting, great choices, great. That's, that's our uh, people, y'all. That's good. All right, so we've got some things coming up. If you're a first-time guest with us today, uh, we've got a little gift for you out there. If you would uh, go pick that up, take your connection card. And by the way, if you have a connection card, fill that out. Everyone can do that. Keep us up to date on any prayer requests that you have or any communication that you'd like to make with us. And uh, we need your information. We're not going to do anything weird with that. We just like to keep up with people that have been here. Also, did you notice that we're having lobby time? Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby. And it was watermelon today. How many people had watermelon? Okay. How, did anyone do the little people bingo? Was that out there? No, we didn't do yeah? Okay. I thought if you need uh, one little block is a left-handed person, and that's me. So we're going to do that every other week, okay? So not next week, but the following week. So here's what we'd like you to do. Come early because it's a lot of fun. And what we really want you to do is to connect with other people because, you know, it's easy to come here and just come in and sit down and listen to a message and leave. But the reality of it is God calls us to connect with other people, not just with him. He wants us to have a relationship with him, but we also need to have a relationship with other people. And that's one of, one of the many purposes that he designed church 
uh, he, that is his idea, you know. And so lobby time is just a time to have fun, to connect, maybe meet one new person, and uh, it will accomplish its purpose. We've got a new series coming up beginning next week. It's called GOAT. Anyone know what that stands for? Just read it. Yeah. How about Tom Brady? Think he's a GOAT? Nobody has been in favor of that. This is the second service and nobody has... Oh, you are? Okay, we've got one person. Way to stand out and stand alone. <laughs> That's courageous. <laughs> but it's the greatest of all times, and we're taking some people out of the Bible, and we're saying, who do we believe in? Of course, there are so many people, but we're going to zero in. Next week, I'm going to kick that off with Deborah. How many people know the warrior, prophet, judge in the Old Testament, Deborah? How many people know about Deborah? All right, see? And it's really sad because she's one of the greatest of all times that God chose in the leadership of Israel. So we're going to be talking about that, and you're going to learn something new. Also, movie night is coming up. We're going to have a blast with this, y'all. It's going to be outside. We're going to have food trucks. We're going to have popcorn, and we're going to have a movie. And uh, it's going to be a, a good time. We're going to have that three times throughout the summer. So this is not just for us to have fun. This is for us to invite somebody that may not go to church anywhere, and uh, they may not want to go to church anywhere. And you know what? That's totally okay. So we're providing times where we can just connect and have a good time. So would you invite in somebody to come to movie night? How many people would invite somebody to come to movie night? Have fun. Good. If we get that many people that uh, have never been here before, I think it would be a great thing. So, are you all ready to open your hearts and uh, hear what God has to say specifically for you today? All right, watch this. Even as a kid, growing up, we were poor. We weren't even poor, we were po. <laughs> we couldn't afford the other letters, man. <laughs> we had no money. I was actually being sponsored by a family from Haiti. That's a funny joke. <laughs> I see this lady over here struggling. She don't know if she should laugh or not. Like, <laughs> when you're poor, your creativity excels. Like it really, really excels. I remember I wanted an action figure when I was 10 years old. I wanted an action figure so bad. My birthday came along. My dad hands me a box. I open it up. It's empty. He said, it's invisible, man. I was like, that is awesome! <laughs> I played with that thing for like three weeks, man. So my brother hid it from me. <laughs> Couldn't find it nowhere, man. I knew he took it. We played games, we just made up games. We played this one game called uh, Talk About You. The instructions were to just talk about you. <laughs> That's all we did. We talked about each other. My friends would talk about me, but Michael Jr., you got some big feet. And I was good at this game. I was like, oh, yeah, well, you're so dark skinned. I bet if you ride a motorcycle, you get a ticket for tenant windows. <laughs> That's hilarious. White people are looking for black people to make sure they can laugh. Is this okay? 
<laughs> it's okay. You sure? No. <laughs> we ain't had no money, man. We had a. My parents would buy us some stuff, but they couldn't pay for every. Like we had the game Operation, right? We ain't had no batteries. <laughs> and my cousin came over, and he figured out a way how to plug it into the wall, right? It's a whole nother game now. Man. Well, good morning. I uh, decided to use that video to kind of loosen things up a little bit because funny thing happens when you start talking about money. So I thought, well, I'll loosen everybody up and get you laughing a little bit because that'll probably be the last time you laugh. Uh, <laughs> but most people, a lot of people, not most maybe, uh, get a little uncomfortable. You see, money is one of those things that uh, people don't like to talk about. And uh, I get that because sometimes when the church talks about money, really, all the pastor is basically trying to do is guilt you into giving. Well, I can promise you that's not my intent today. You know, God provides uh, what we need most of the time. No, all the time. He really does. Um, but our desire at Salem Fields is to help you grow closer in your relationship with God. So in the scripture I'm using today from our text, Jesus speaks to us about how to be closer to God by our giving and our generosity and how we can increase our joy. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, so in short, I think that Jesus is saying to us, we we put our money, our treasure, where, where we put our, wherever we put our money in our treasure, um, there, there our heart goes. And there's where our thoughts will be. You know, our hearts always follow our money. Our hearts always follow our treasure. So the question I just want us to think about today is, so where is your heart today? You know, it's simple, really. It's wherever you put your money. Now, there's, a, there's no doubt for some uh, not maybe necessarily here, but maybe online, but maybe for some, your heart is in your home because that's where your money goes. Or maybe your heart uh, uh, is in your boat or your cabin or your car that you love or your hobby or your children's sports teams. Maybe it's in the clothes you wear. Maybe it's in your stocks or your education. Maybe your heart is traveling the world. But here's an example kind of what the point I'm trying to make. Suppose you buy shares in Apple. I'm talking about Apple stock, you know, what happens? You now have an interest in Apple. You see, what happens is you now have an interest in Apple because you check the stock market report, you see, wow, Apple's doing well today. And you check it on your Apple phone. And when you see about an article about Apple, you read it. And before you purchase the stock, you could basically care less about Apple. You didn't pay much attention to it. The only thing that you wanted to know is that your Apple phone worked when you needed it. You see, the point is, wherever you put your money, there's where your heart is going to go as well. Wherever you put your money, there's where your heart's going to go as well. Basically, today, Jesus would be saying, show me your checkbook, your Visa card statement, your online banking account, and I'll show you where your heart is. You see, when you give to God, guess where your heart goes? When you give to God, guess where your heart goes? It goes to God. 
It goes toward God. It draws you closer. Pastor Randy Alcorn, who wrote The Treasure Principle, and he wrote a huge book on heaven, uh, he says, as surely as the compass needle follows north, your heart will follow your treasure. Money leads, hearts follow. Now your heart moves toward what you treasure, and God's desire for us is for our hearts to move toward him. And so whatever it is that you want to care more about, give your money to that thing. Whatever it is that you want to care more about, and you want to give more attention to your life, put your money there. You see, whatever it is, you want to care more about the poor uh, children that are suffering and starving around the world, give some money to that, to that effort. You know, you want to care more about missions, give more money uh, to missions. Whatever it is you want to care more about, if you give your money to that, your heart will follow, whatever that is. You see, if you want to have a heart that's focused on God, you might say, you know what, this summer, I want to grow closer to God. I, I, want, to, I want to... Uh, focus on the, my spiritual life, the eternal things, then I would say to you, give more money to God and God's work. Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, there will be your, your heart will be also. So the question is, where is your treasure today? There's a connection between our hearts and our money. You see, we can't separate our faith from our finances. If we say we love Jesus, then we should be putting our money where our heart is. So how does giving draw me closer to God? Are y'all still loosened up? You want me to show the video again? <laughs> okay, so how does giving draw me closer to God? First of all, giving guards my heart against greed. Giving guards my heart against greed. Jesus said, beware and be on your guard against every form of greed, for not even when one has, uh, has an abundance does his life consist of possessions. You see, the fight against greed is an ongoing struggle in our lives. Just, just when we think that we've got uh, greed whipped, Apple comes out with a brand new device, updated, the best thing on the market. And all of a sudden, man, I got to have that thing. And so Satan will dangle that kind of stuff before us because he doesn't want our hearts to be focused on the things of God. He wants our heart to be focused on the things that we desire more than God. And so he dangles that new model in front of us. Financial advisor Ron Blue said, greed is a disease of the heart. You see, this illustration, I hope, represents the point I'm trying to make. A young couple had been married for about a year, and they were struggling financially, as a lot of young couples do, and they decided to do something about it. They decided to develop a strategy, a strategy that would help them with the finances. So they sat down one day to talk about their finances, and after much discussion and analysis, the, the young wife said to her husband, she said, you know what, if we miss two payments on the refrigerator and one payment on the washing machine, we'll have enough money to make a down payment on a new TV. <laughs> you see, we always want more than we already have. We always want more than we already have. Got to have a little bit more, a little bit better, the newest, best there is on the market. But I'm saying more clothes, bigger houses, the latest technology, a new car, whatever it is, will not bring greater happiness. Empty lives are still just as empty, no matter how full the house is, no matter how full the bank account is, no matter how much stuff we own, empty lives are still empty. You see, greed 
when we give guards our heart against greed and it moves us closer to God. Next, giving frees me from the my problem. Greed, or, uh, giving frees me from the my problem. As the story continues, and he, and he, Jesus, told them a parable, saying this, the land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, what shall I do? Since I have no place to store my crops, then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and all my goods. Now, nowhere in the scripture is anyone, or the farmer especially, condemned for making or saving money. That's not the issue. You know, it's not the issue of being a success in business or having uh, wealth in our lives. Foolishness is investing it in, the, the foolishness was him investing it in himself and not for God. You see, what Jesus was saying to the guy is, you have a my problem. You have a my problem. You see, he said, my crops, my barns, my grains, my goods, my, 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 my. He thought he owned it all. He said, this is mine. I own it all. And he thought he owned it all. But we must admit, before we get too critical of the guy in our story, we must admit that we do that as well. You know, we say, my money, my car, my home, my stuff, my iPhone, my, 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 my. But then the truth is, we don't own a thing. We do not own a thing. If we believe in the Bible, we don't own anything. You see, the Bible says everything comes from God. Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. You might say, well, buddy, I've earned what I've got. I tell you what, I grew up hard. I've worked hard. I commute every day, and everything I own, I have worked myself silly, and that's mine. Okay, well, God says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. It's God. God owns everything, and he gives us the ability to produce wealth. So if you've got a gift, a talent, a skill, you know where you got that? God. And so, therefore, God owns everything. The psalmist tells us that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. You see, God owns everything. And that is a key to our faith, to realize that we own nothing. Our name may be on the mortgage, but anything we own, God owns. He owns everything. Anything we think we own, God owns. We are only his money managers. You see, a manager manages the assets for the owner's benefit. See, he's using the owner's stuff to accomplish the owner's desires, his purpose. You see, he knows he doesn't own anything. A manager knows that this is not his. He does not own anything. God owns it all. Or the, manager, the owner owns it all. And it's his job to find out what the owner wants him to do with, it, with his assets and, or her assets and then carries out the owner's wishes. When we understand this truth, we under, when we understand this truth that we own nothing, it will set us free. It will set us free from greed. It will set us free from the my problem. When we realize we own nothing, God owns everything. God also, giving also frees me from needing more. It also frees me from needing more. The me more problem. You see, 
Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and I will build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Now, did you notice all the eyes in there? I, I, I. He had a me problem. He had an I problem. Look at all the eyes. You see, we see two eyes in verse 17, four eyes in verse 18, and the last I in verse 19. You see, what, what, it, what I'm trying to say is it was all about that guy. It's my goods, my barns, my grains, and now it's I, I, I. It was all about him with no regard, no regard toward anyone else. He had a great crop, and he, great, he had a great opportunity. So what did he decide to do? Build bigger barns. Build more and bigger barns. Why? So he could store all of his stuff and more. He gave absolutely no thought. He gave absolutely no thought to blessing other people. He gave absolutely no thought to helping someone else. You know, he gave absolutely no thought to take some of that grain he owned and take it down to the uh, food bank and say, look, I've got more than I'll ever need. Here's enough food to feed the whole city. No, he said, it's my, 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 and I, I, I am going to build bigger barns so that I can store my, my, my stuff. He had a me and my pro he had a me and more problem. He wanted more. You see, he had no thought of blessing anyone. He had more and he wanted more. This is the me more problem. Once the me more problem has its grips on us. It's hard to do, it's difficult to get out of that trap. Once you taste, get the taste of having more, you have, we have this unquenchable desire for even more. This is what greed is. And greed can never be satisfied. It can never be happy. It can never be fulfilled. Greed will only consume us, leave us empty, and eventually destroy our relationship with God. So why does God give us more then? Why does God bless us with more? Paul answers that question in 2 Corinthians, one of my favorite uh, portions of Scripture in the Bible. He says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and, I, and will enlarge the harvest of your, your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can have more and more and more and that your children can get more and more and more no, he says, so that you can be generous on every occasion. So when God blesses you with more, it's not so you can get more. It's so that you can be generous. He's saying so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will re result in thanksgiving to God. Again, Randy Alcorn describes it this way. God prospers me not to raise my standard of living, but my standard of giving. Why does God give us more money than we need? It's not so we can find more ways to get more for ourselves and our children. It's so we can give generously. You see, God blesses me with more money, not to build my kingdom, but to build his kingdom in heaven. When I give, it reminds me it's not about me. You know, that's one of my biggest problems. I think everything's about me. It's a man problem. It's a, it's a humankind problem. We think it's all about me. 
But I'm telling you today, it's all about God. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, it's about him. I'm not the point. You're not the point. God is the point. You see, he is. You see, giving is not about my increasing my portfolio. It's about spreading his fame here and around the world. What I'm trying to say today is giving takes you and me off the throne of our heart and puts God on the throne. It says, God, this is not about me. I'm not the king of the universe. I'm not the king of my life. But you are, God. You are. And I make him king of my heart. You do know that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, he doesn't say it's not blessed to receive, but he's saying it's more blessed to give than to receive. Someone said it's when we forget ourselves that we do things that are remembered. It's when we forget ourselves that we do things that are remembered. Finally, giving helps me think beyond the here and now. Let's continue. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you, and now you, now who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Jesus says what we all know. We're all going to die. Every one of us. I can say that with 100% certainty that every one of us are going to die. One day, we're all going to die. And Jesus knew that. We all, I, he, he's saying what we all know. He's saying we're all going to die someday, and then your wife's next husband is going to own everything you worked your butt off to get. <laughs> uh, that's basically what God's saying right there. I mean, read it. This very night your soul is required of you, and now your wife's, your, uh, wife's next husband will own what you've worked yourself silly for. Or your whatever. Someone's going to own it. You've worked yourself silly for it, and you're going to die one day, and somebody else is going to own it. Everything that you've worked your tail off to get. All this rich fool was thinking about was the here and now. He was not thinking about the here and after. You see, when you give here, the short-term sacrifice yields a long-term reward. I hope you're seeing that the focus of this message is not to guilt you into giving, but to encourage you to give so that you can have a closer relationship, so that we can all have a closer relationship with God and enhance your ultimate joy here and throughout all of eternity. I got to tell you, folks, if you're a believer, life is not about the here and now only. It's about the here and after. Here and after. The sacrifice now is no comparison to the reward in heaven. Maybe it's kind of like the very the story about the wealthy man who was a Christian but lived his life focused on himself and never did much for others. He died and went to heaven. And St. Peter met him at the gate and he said, follow me. And I will take you to your eternal home. Along the way, St. Peter pointed to a huge mansion and said, You see that mansion over there? That's where your maid lives. And they passed another huge mansion, and Peter said, That's where your chauffeur lives. And finally, they come to a tar paper shop. And Peter said, Here, this is your home. And the rich man was ticked off. He was upset. And, 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 he, and, and he was upset because, uh, and he asked, why is my house so sparse? And Peter replied, I'm sorry, sir, but we build each person's house out of the materials you send up here during your lifetime. 
and this is all you sent to us to work with. You see, this man's lifetime was only thinking about the here and now, the man in our story. So how can I move closer? How can I move toward a closer relationship with God by not being greedy? By overcoming the my problem? And we overcome the my problem by acknowledging that God owns everything? By understanding that life is not about me, it's not about you or your need for more, and begin to thinking, begin thinking about uh, beyond the here and now. So where do I start my giving? Well, Brian, that's a good question. Thanks for asking me, bud. I appreciate it. By learning to trust God. By learning to trust God. And it begins with the tithe. Do you realize that if you're not tithing 10% and you put in the offering plate, you're not really giving. We don't really give until we give beyond the 10% because the 10% is what God requires of us if we're believers in Jesus Christ. Now, we're no longer under the curse. But God requires that. And we're not really giving. Someone said we're not, when we're not giving the 10%, we're really, when we're giving, we're stealing what we're giving. Because that's God's, the 10%. Now, I know you can argue that and all that, and it's just my words. But if the Bible's true, the 10% belongs to God. And if you're giving 10%, you want to get closer to God, then you, get, you need to give more than the 10% if you've got more to give. Anyway, tithing is God's plan to provide for the needs of his church, the world, and it's the avenue that he uses to bless us. And probably some of you are thinking, buddy, I know the only reason you're doing this message is because of the church. Well, it is God's way of providing for the church, the tithe is. That's the truth. We don't get government grants here. We don't get outside money. We only get what you determine that you want to give. But the Bible does say bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. The storehouse is the church. That there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. This is an amazing promise. You see, we, we see how to show, in this promise, we see how to show God that we love him and trust him with everything. Bringing the first 10% of our income to God's house, the church, is a powerful act of faith and trust. It tells God, I love you with all of my heart. I, I don't want to be greedy. I believe you own everything, that it's not about me and my need for more, and it's about your desire for me to be generous because you want me to think beyond the here and now. So when you're tithing, you're saying, God, I put my money where my heart is. You know, I put my money where my heart is. You heard the old saying, put your money where your mouth is. Put your money... In and I, and I think God is saying to us, put your money where your heart is. And you can choose that today. If your heart's not with God, then you certainly won't take this message to heart. And I'm not being critical of that. But we do put our money where our heart is. And we can do that by tithing. You're saying to God, God, this is your part, and I'm trusting you to take the remaining 90% help me to meet all of my needs. 
and return, and in return, God opens the floodgates of blessings on our lives, and we're drawn into a closer relationship with Him. You know, as we were leaving for church yesterday, Gabe began to recount all the blessings that we had yesterday in our life, financial and otherwise. And I, I was just overwhelmed. I never even thought about it. And it, it wasn't all financial. We did have a financial blessing yesterday. The church had a huge financial blessing this week. Thank God, right on time. And I believe because this church tithes, God's right on time. It scares me to death that he's seldom early, but he's never late. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time that we've had together this morning. I thank you for this, the folks that are here today, Lord. I just pray, God, that you would use these words that I have brought out of my mouth, Lord, today, and that they would be your words. But, Lord, I just pray that you would speak to each of us today and that you would help us, Lord, as we journey through this time here that we have on earth, Lord, to realize that it's not about me, but God, help us to realize it's about you. And so, God, help us today to be people of God that want to be closer to you and draw us closer to you, uh, Father, through this message and through our lives. And Lord, I pray that as the world looks at us, they will see you in our lives. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So here, who here today would say, I love Jesus? Anybody say, I love Jesus? Wow, that's good. Wow. I think all of you said that you love Jesus. So how many, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you would say you'd like to be closer to God? You know, I know I would. And the question you have to ask yourself, where are you putting your money? Are you tithing? That's the beginning part. Are you tithing? If you start tithing and you consistently tithe and you trust God, I believe that you're going to wake up one day and realize that you're much closer to God than you were today if you're not giving. I just believe that, you know. I, I believe that. And I got a little extra time. I got five minutes here. So now I'm going to preach. I, I, you know, the pastor told, we were in church, we'd been saved maybe three or four weeks. And we were in church, and the pastor says that believers in Jesus Christ tithe 10% of their income and God will bless them. And I said, well, I'm not dumb. If God will bless me for that, I'll do that. I've never, Gay and I have never, ever missed a tithe. Ever. And God has blessed us beyond what we even deserve. In many ways, many more ways than I could ever imagine. And I'm telling you, the joy of giving way beyond the tithe, man, it's nothing like it. And if you're not tithing, I want to challenge you today. We have our tithe challenge. We do this twice a year. The last time I did it, we had a big snowstorm. And we didn't have church. So... I said, well, you win this one into me, but I'll tell you one thing, I will get one in before this year. And so here it is, the Tide Challenge. You got it in your program. We just take it out and say, okay, okay, there it is. And I will read it to you, and you can read it along with me in case I mess it up. The 90-Day Tide Challenge. In order to answer the challenge to put my money where my heart is, I'm accepting the Salem Fields Community Church 90-Day Tide Challenge. I agree from the date below, my household will contribute to God through Salem Fields Community Church a tithe equal to 10% of our income. 
at the end of the 90-day period, if you not, do not believe that God will or has blessed your life as a result of your obedience to Malachi 3.10, the uh, test challenge, then I re can request a refund for the full amount of my contributions made during that 90-day period. I also, also understand I will receive my refund within 30 days of the written request. That 30 days is important to us because what comes in today will be gone tomorrow. And so it will take us a little while. But 30 days help us. But we will do it. And then you just say, you print your name, you sign your email, and say, here's when I'll start. So we're going to take our offering at the end. And we've taken the offering, so you can put that card in the bucket if you want to test, uh, if you want to uh, take the 90-day tithe challenge. Uh, just offer that to you last night. Three brand-new people were in church last night. They haven't been here since Easter a couple, couple times. And I thought, well, this will set them up for... <laughs> And they took the tithe challenge. And they were so excited. They were so excited. Remind me so much of Gay and I that they just jumped in. And I just believe there's some of you that's been around the church a long, long time. And you've never trusted God with your finances. And I'm just challenging you today to do it for 90 days if God doesn't bless you. And if you've been tithing for a long time and you say, well, I'm not very close to God, then I would say to you, give some more money. Just give. It don't have to be here. Just give. You know what? And I'll guarantee you, the more you give, the closer you'll get to God. If you do it in the name of God. Okay? All right. I don't see anybody writing. <laughs> so what I'm assuming is everybody's as close to God as they want to be today. And uh, that's cool. You can put it in the bucket as the offering comes, as the buckets come. We've even got some say yes uh, cards hanging out, or some cards hanging out on that board that says say yes. And you can put that in, and that's all i got to say. Let's stand for you.
so much for meeting us here this morning, Lord. Thank you for speaking to our hearts, God. And we do want more of you, Father. And so I just pray that even the hearts that are on the fence about taking the step of faith and trusting you with their finances, God, I just pray, Lord, that they would just take that step with boldness, with confidence, with faith, knowing that you are good and that you are faithful, Lord. Thank you so much. We love you and we praise you. Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much for being here this morning. We love you all. See you back here next weekend. Have a great week.